This year's donations might go to, say, the geology department. Oh dear, not the dirt people. Geology is the study of pressure and time. That's all it takes, really. What kind of activity has turned the lake massive? Look, I'm just a geologist. I like rocks. I love rocks. Hey everyone, welcome to the Geology Planet Cast. My name is Steve. Hey everybody, this is Chris. Greetings and salutations. I'm Jesse. Attaboy. Nice work. Yeah, I'm well. I'm trying to, we're doing it live. I'm trying to tighten it up here. Let's do it. There's we're going to live. This we're is not doing a new thing. This is we do this for well, years. You're, you're going to, this is unedited. Unedited. We, we might as well be streaming it live. You are we, getting, we've done a few streamed online we have live ones but i feel like this is people we're not this isn't like a live stream this is the normal product and people expect our polished product i want them to know this is raw and unfiltered (laughs) yes raw and unfiltered is jesse's middle name (laughs) well i mean it's we're recording this pretty late too so it's late at night so it's it's after hours things are going to get blue well you heard it first here (laughs) the premier blue geology podcast on the internet (laughs) we're going to get a explicit filter warning (laughs) on this episode we haven't had an explicit since the delta episode back Uh, in uh yeah it got us all fired up (laughs) geez louise just you went on a five minute just cursing spree (laughs) <laughs> yeah episode 35 back in march of 2016 oh, goodness so goodness. almost six years ago goodness gracious so six years without an explicit I, uh tag i, I don't know how that explicit tag was got onto that delta episode that was uh i don't know i don't i didn't put that there i, I don't know what happens so anyways <laughs> speaking of deltas why don't we go a little further upstream for today's episode gentlemen i like it yeah Go to where uh, all the rivers start in the north. I don't think that's that's <laughs> for how those that of you, works, especially listen. the Nile. <laughs> Hi, oh, you're you might be in denial right now. <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, today we're going to be talking about uh, anthropomorphic anastomosing streams. That makes any sense. So hu- human induced anthropomorphic human Not anastomosing, avulsing, avulsing. Sorry, avulsing. Yeah. Sorry, yes, avulsing. So avulsing, avulsing means to change course. Hopping around. Is, yeah, anastomosing is a type of river. You're right. Plan. See, this is what I get when I try to use two fifty cent words in a row. <laughs> I just, you knew one was going to be wrong. Uh, so uh, under normal circumstances, you have a stream and say in a flood event, and I'm going to butcher this. So correct me, Jesse, but you yeah. have a flood event. You're in one channel. Wrong. No, I'm doing it. <laughs> <laughs> wow. It's fast. Uh, <laughs> that's, that's the part I thought I knew. <laughs> Continue. So, water's flowing downhill. It's in a channel. A flooding event happens. It actually overbanks the channel and then actually hops what what what's the proper verb avulses avulses but so it just finds a a, it finds a uh, water is always going to find the path the least resistant it just finds an easier way to the ocean right yeah so it it finds a, a channel or channelizes into an easier path 
And, yes. that, and oftentimes, I mean, we see this a lot in floods and a flood by definition is you overtop the banks at the flood stage, but you can, you can blow through a, a bank as well. Um, you can have a, a okay. crevasse splay event, a breach event. Sorry. So that's when you have like a, a, a super meander, like a loop coming through and you kind of cut through the loop. Yeah. Usually it doesn't have to be, but yeah. But that, you know, for I feel like well, so is about the a crevasse play is like let's let's just talk about that for a yeah, second. Yeah, yeah. I I'm yeah, you see crevasses at breaches. Sorry. I'm throwing terms around. So yeah, you're <laughs> Jesse's Jesse's talking about you get this uh a crevasse play is this uh it's the the river it it creates this breach and you get this little like kind of like this bit of water, you could say, like kind of jutting out, and it creates this uh, fan, sh- almost like a, a lobe-shaped deposit, kind of off, off. It's like an offshoot of the river. Well, once, uh, yeah, it basically, yeah, a breach is you blow through the bank, mm-hmm. and so now you have all of this power, this energy pushing through. But as soon as it gets through that breach, it spreads out onto the floodplain, so your energy drops off pretty pretty dramatically. So as you blow through the breach, the energy is carrying sediment. And so it, it, it funnels it through. And then as soon as you get out onto the floodplain, it's going to drop all of the plops it this, down. Yeah. yeah. So you get it. It's, I always say it's like the river throwing up. It's just bleh, out. That's out pretty good. Yeah, yeah. I like yeah, it. Yeah. That's, that's pretty good. That's pretty good. Yeah. Yeah. Thanks. Thanks. I appreciate that. Yeah. I'm going to keep using it. <laughs> so that, right, that's so, the natural processes process process yeah and there's there's a number of reasons you can you can get that but that's basically it flooding let's just say flooding yeah so um but we're gonna be talking about avulsion today well and... wait, hang on one quick question okay you can have an avulsion event from an earthquake though but that's not a flooding event. Well, that's why I said it. It's the main way. Got it. All right. But then I, I guess if you have an earthquake event and you, you change, you know, your, your topography, I bet you, it's still going to overtop the bank. So yeah, I guess tectonics. it's still like a, lo- a localized flood. I, you could probably have an avulsion event from an asteroid impact. Ooh, that's, that would be a good one. <laughs> that's, a, that's a good point. I mean, that's look at the Chesapeake Bay. Yeah, 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 yeah. You could have a um, landslide, maybe. Let's see, can you get a big enough landslide to kind of block the river and can, uh, sure, yeah, you, have a jump around? Get, I don't know. Um, We're talking about like really weird settings or yeah. situations yeah. right Let's now. Let's talk about the unicorn. Well, settings. I was gonna say, <laughs> yeah, can you get like yeah. what if you got like a stampede of buffalo or something? Mm. Shoot, I had a point to make about <clears throat> we were saying about oh, I was joking about the buffalo that maybe a stampede could, could alter topography, but an organism that definitely alters hydraulic um, flow. Are you thinking of a certain rodent with big front teeth? I am. Yeah. <laughs> the mighty beaver. Well, you know, the story about the wolves changing the course of the Yellowstone River. Yes. Oh yeah. I, d- I don't we I know talk- as much as that. Dude, right. We mentioned it in a podcast years yeah. ago. Something the wolves came back, and the it it totally re 
kickstarted the whole ecosystem and and there's like so many steps involved, but it, everything became better because the wolves were there. Like the wolves drove down the deer population. And because the deer population was less like the the other animals, it was something I'm butchering chain reaction of some sort that, but like, because there were less deer, there were less deer ticks. So there was less disease. So then there were more beavers and then there were more beavers. So they're making more beaver dams, which, you know, stabilized the the water, which let, like reduced the sediment load, which just increased the fish population, which then increased the bear population, which then increased, like, it just was like, like 900 things happened because they introduced wolves back into Yellowstone. I like it. That's, yeah. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah. It was really Really cool. All right. Here's Sorry. here's the short. I'm on his website right now. Here's the short version of how the wolves changed the course of the river. Uh, according to Business Insider Australia. Good day. Well, they they yeah. would know the best about. They would, hey, we got some Australian were, listeners. Wolves are reintroduced to, uh, reintroduced to Yellowstone in um, Yellowstone National Park in 1995. Wolves started hunting elk that had been destroying willows and aspens along the park's waterways. Oh. Uh, the trees started coming back and with them, the beavers to build dams. The rivers started to hold their course and less erosion was evident. The improved habitat became a home for more mice and rabbits. More mice and rabbits meant more animals that hunted mice and rabbits. How did that change the course? They just... Because the beaver stabilized the, the channel. Yeah, I, I feel like the aspen, yeah, the, that whole yeah. story. All right, so I was wrong with the deer ticks, but it was it was something like that. It was elk, not deer. But yeah, very, very, very cool. All because you add some big dogs. <laughs> if it, it would be... Whoa, 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 whoa. hold on. This oh, website no. says that story isn't true. This oh. is breaking, breaking news. <laughs> We more, more on this later. Well, uh, I mean, <laughs> this is what you get when you do things live. But I tell you what, we we are semi on track. Oh, because even though we're on, we're, even though we're live, we lay these out. We do have a, a general outline. Oh, gosh, yeah, that was formatted by our wonderful friends there at the formatting formula. Uh, if the you know. Maybe we should have the formatting formula format our segues because sometimes, sometimes they're great. <laughs> sometimes they're not, but uh, formattingformula.com. Or if you want to teach yourself, you can go to YouTube forward slash C forward slash formatting formula for all of your word document formatting needs. Um, <clears throat> we were just joking before we actually recorded on the podcast about how the formatting formula is asking us for documentation how, how they sponsor us and, you know, taxes and I don't know whatnot. And uh, of course me procrastinator was putting it off. And then they're like, here, here's the formatted form. <laughs> Just spill <laughs> this out. <laughs> so formatting formula not only can help you, but they help themselves sometimes. So <clears throat> check them out formattingformula.com or YouTube forward slash C forward slash formatting formula. And they have hundreds of not, maybe not hundreds, but they've, tens of hours of of training videos that are very well paced uh you know it's almost a soothing voice it's very nice so check them out for all of your word document formatting needs all right so it looks like uh back to this wolf story a little bit of controversy all right some people say that it wasn't just the wolves because mountain lions and bears also go after elk 
And other people are saying that, that the, the river wasn't fully healed. It's far from being healed, but it does look like the reintrodu reintroduction of the wolves does help keep the elk population down. I guess there you go. Leave it, leave it at that. But it sounds like it was a, I don't know. There's a little bit of controversy over that story. We can leave, we can leave it at that. So what what Moving else? Can, yeah, what else can change the direction of a river? Uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna say it. People, people can. So there's this interesting story uh, up in Alaska. You know, I don't know if you're familiar. There was a, what was called a gold rush um, two centuries ago, I guess technically. Well, not the last century, but the century before that. Yeah. The so, 1890s. There you go. So 130 years ago. Yeah. Um, the Yukon Gold Rush, the Klondike Gold Rush. Yes. In the Yukon started in 1892. Yeah. I, I say two centuries ago because a little tongue in cheek. Uh, my friend of mine is a teacher and, you know, she had a student write a story about, you know, music. And she wrote, um, my parents uh, listened to music from the last century. So here's music from the last century. And it was like the 90s. <laughs> so it's music from the 90s. But technically, they're not wrong. It was last century. Yeah. Uh, so anyway, um, yeah. So Yukon Gold Rush, you know, people were heading up there trying to, trying to make it rich. There's this... Uh, <clears throat> river called the 40 mile river i'm just gonna guess that's probably 40 miles long um at least yeah at least that's the rough guess yeah so it's exactly 40 miles though funny how that works out but uh <laughs> so you know and and in alaska there's some topographic relief so um which also helped with i guess gold deposits because you know gold is dense and it would and it's settling at the bottom of waterfalls and whatnot um, while it's being eroded away out of the rock. But anyway, that I digress. Um, there was this interesting bend in the 40 mile river um, where it was like a big oxbow meander and these miners, I guess you call them decided that they were going to cut up. They were going to, take dynamite and blow a big hole in this neck of the meander where, where the, the rivers, it. where the rivers yeah. are really close and okay. it was going to help them wash away sediment. And because, you know, on one side of the meander, it was, it was several meters higher than the other side of the meander. Cause the meander was, I think it was so four kilometers to, long. They were trying to create an oxbow lake. Yes. All right. Well, well, they were just trying to get the flow to not go through the meander. I don't think so. Right actually... the so they had the, the the meander, and it's like the it, the 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 two ends of the river were pretty close, and they're just like, okay, let's just blast through this. And have so, it just... it, it's I mean, you get placer deposits of gold in rivers, right? Were they doing this to move the water so then they could excavate the the dry bed to look for gold? Is that the why they're doing this yes and then um the they they set off dynamite to blow a five meter gap in a 30 meter high ridge 
um, this site now called the kink, uh, according, it's actually a registered U S national register of historic places. Um, and within hours of the explosion, the river abandoned the old channel and rushed down the new one, tearing at the bedrock more than doubling the size of its gap. Yeah. And it's just going to just open it all up within hours. So, yeah. yeah. Um, they basically decided, Oh, we're just going to blow a hole through here. And then the river's going to come through here faster. And I get, I guess a road stuff away, but the, yeah, it, I think that's the plan. The interesting part is, um, you know, this, like we, we said in the beginning of the podcast, this happens naturally, you know, but this sometimes takes, you know, hundreds, thousands, you know, of years for this to happen naturally. And these people just blew it up with dynamite in over yeah, hours. Especially if there's it sounds like there was that, that topographic high there and the river was going around that topographic high. So it was yep. Maybe it wouldn't have even, you know, yeah, it would have taken a really, really, really long time for the no, river. That, to... That's a good point because base base level must have dropped for in order for it to carve into that canyon. So it might never like think of horseshoe bend in in uh Arizona. Yeah. Altoona? The, the... <laughs> The Grand Canyon, oh. like like that's never gonna cut through there. I only know the Horseshoe Bend in Pennsylvania. Sorry, I thought you were kidding. No, it's is, an is engineering there... marvel. There's right. a Horseshoe Bend in Pennsylvania. Yeah, it's an engineering marvel. Right, we'll, we'll we'll have to revisit that. Um, we're gonna revisit that right now. Yeah. So so they they blew this hole in, and okay, great. Uh, but then they abandoned it within a year. So <laughs> cool. Uh, in, initially, they said it was it had enough power to move boulders the size of like mailboxes, and it was doing that for a long, long time. Um, <clears throat> and then uh, for the first three years of its life, the channel charged rapidly. The waterfall, also referred to as the kink zone or an unusually yeah. steep section of river, moved upstream at a quick clip of 23 meters per year. Oh, yeah. Wow. Clip. Yeah. Over the next 80 years, the waterfall flattened out into a series of rapids, which kind of makes sense. I mean, um, and it moved upstream at about four meters per year. Um, since the 1980s, the base of the Nick zone has stalled, meaning it's, it's kind of in the same spot, but, uh, it has slightly continued to move upstream. Nice. I mean, just real quick, you, you threw out Nick Zone. So the Nick Zone or the Nick Point, that's where there's a change in topography. topography. What's that? Topography. Topography. Yeah, that's <clears throat> you see it a lot of times. It's the change between like where a river goes from being on a on the coastal plain up onto like a Piedmont or a Front Range or something. Yeah, out over here on the East Coast, we call it the fall line because yeah. that's where there's a lot of waterfalls. It's a nick point. It's actually, if you look at all of the uh, the large cities along the uh, along the Northeast, basically going from Richmond, D.C., Baltimore, Philly, you know, up to New York, um, those cities are not there by accident. All right, all those cities were developed like right on the fall line. They all sit pretty much on the fall line. And what had happened was when they were being colonized, the ships were going up the, the rivers from the ocean, from the Atlantic Ocean that led to the, um, the rivers that led to those cities. 
and the ships hit the fall line, right? And he was either like, you know, small waterfalls or rapid, usually rapids. And uh, you get that change in topography and the ships couldn't go past the fall lines. They said, all right, this is it. End of the line. Let's, uh, let's, 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 yeah, until until canals were built, that makes a lot of sense. Yeah, and so if you look at um, I ninety five, which connects all those large cities along the um, the eastern seaboard of the U S, that uh, that highway follows right along the fall line, and it's just another example of how Mother Nature controlled uh, human infrastructure. Yeah, and it's funny when you have listen to the weather report and it'd be like, you know, the snow storm is going right up the I-95 corridor. Well, you know, it's not actually just following 95. <laughs> it's following that fall line because there is a slight bit of topography change and which is going to change the barometric pressure when it has to go up. It might get colder, so it might drop more snow and things like that. I, so it, yeah, it always blows my mind. Like to, to think that when we always get these storms and 95 is always the cutoff like south of 95 or north of 95 <clears throat> if it's a coastal storm or not yeah i'm always like oh. east or west of 95 well yeah well it, it zigs it, and it's really it bends and yeah goes okay all right. <laughs> all right all right but yes you are technically correct the best, <laughs> the best type of correct but fun, uh, fun fact interstate highways with an odd number run north south yeah with even numbers run east west Except I-99. Yeah, it's just wonky, though. Yeah, it's is, a wonky. Is that, a lot a, of, inter, is that an interstate? Yeah. I, it's an interstate. It goes from, it, like, it state college system. Yeah. Yeah, through. They didn't want that thing built in. Anyway, it was a no, little bit that, of a... Yeah, that's, we talked about that ripping up the mountain and causing all... Ruining all the farmer's fields. Yeah. 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 Um, um, okay. Just real so, quick, breaking yeah. news. Yeah. The 40-mile river is... 60 miles long. Oh. <laughs> it's 40 What's miles. How, from, how, they, how they get the name 40 mile river? 40 miles from the mouth to um, Fort Reliance, Got it. which was a former Hudson's Bay company um, trading post. I feel like that's a bit of like false set. For, that, that's, that's putting a spin on the name. You know what that's, I mean? That's like. <laughs> I feel like that's like some of our hiking trips where we're like, oh, we only have to go 40 miles. And then we get to the 40 mile mark and it's like, why aren't we there yet? <laughs> and there's always that added like extra, Oh, we got to go 20 miles more. Yeah. Yeah. How about that? The 40 mile river, 60 miles long. Well, it's extra, extra 50% there. I mean, it was named by prospectors. So they were probably trying to like trick people, hide the gold. There you go. Just a 40 mile river. Don't mind those other 20 miles. <laughs> That's what I picture prospectors sounding like. You know, uh, Mark Twain had a little, uh, he was, he did some uh, prospecting in Nevada. Really? Yeah. He was uh, silver. I think he did some, yeah. What's the one book he wrote? He wrote a book about that, but uh, he did a lot of, he was involved in the silver mining and it was, I don't think he, he never found anything. There was a lot of just antics of him, like, with a bunch of rascals out there trying to find, trying to find silver. About right. I believe there was some gold too. There was some gold mining involved in it, but um, yeah, Mark Twain. Um, I think the book's called roughing it. The Mark Twain book, but um, hmm. anyways, it's entertaining. Look at um, the name of the book now. All right. So what yeah, makes this it. 40 mile um, 
you know, river interesting for scientists now is that essentially because those miners walked away within a year, it's now become this really interesting 120 year old experiment because they know exactly what the conditions were before they blew this hole in the wall. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and, and they kind of know what the conditions were hours after they blew this hole in the wall. And then, you know, they've been tracking it ever since. Bless you. Thanks. So, Sorry. Um, it's just, it's, it's an interesting look and they're actually taking a look to see like, you know, how this debris can batter, you know, essentially the crystalline bedrock and, and scour the channel drastically, especially in those first few years. And then, and then what has happened over the last 120 years and how it's, how it's, you know, the erosion continued, but it, it tapered off and it changed things and the steepness of the waterfall changed. Um, and when, you know, when the waterfall was real steep, you had bigger boulders, which, you know, all this stuff is like, none of it's like rocket science. It, it all kind of makes sense, but it's a nice little experiment that uh, geomorphologists, you know, people who study the, the landscape change um, <clears throat> can take a look at this and, and figure out what happens Um which it also can help interpret faults or earthquakes that cause these things naturally and then redefine the landscape. Cause sometimes figuring these things out after the fact as geologists, like, like imagine, you know, imagine 2 million years from now, taking, taking a look at these deposits and trying to figure out what the heck happened. Like, was it some sort of catastrophic failure and, and how would that look in the rock record? So looking at how this looks now, you know, you know, the, the present is the key to the past kind of situation. So, um, well, mm, they weren't blowing up mountains, the hillsides billion years ago. No, no, but there's an example in Taiwan, as, where, as you know, where an earthquake, as as like a Taiwanese earthquake in 1999 boosted one side of a river by two stories. So, like 20 Holy feet, crap, causing the channel to slice a, a 1,200 meter long gorge in the Daan river d-a apostrophe a-n river wow so here's a when you talk about geomorphology um you always and well i guess in terms of uh well let let me scratch that whenever whenever humans start interfering with stuff you're throwing the whole system out of equilibrium right and um and then things get kind of squirrely for a bit. And the, the system is trying to, trying to get back into equilibrium. And so that's what basically it sounds like this experiment is just, just following the river, trying to, trying to get back into, into equilibrium. You, you, you start dinking with the variables. It throws the whole system out of whack. Basically think about it like this. The whole system was, uh, everything was good. It's like, you know what? I'm happy. You know, all is good. Um, and then these People come along, blast all, you know, hole in this hillside. I'm like, yeah, we're going to change the, the course of the river. Now a lot of variables change. And, uh, you know, you're getting, you're getting a lot of erosion with this and the system's out of equilibrium. And what you're watching is the whole system is, I'm, I, I know I'm, uh, I, I, it's like personifying the whole river system, the whole 40 mile river system there, but it's, it, you know, it, it works. It's, it, it's trying to find its way back into equilibrium to get that, you know, that, that stability because it's, it's no longer stable. 
So you see that you see that a lot with uh, when when humans start to try to think around with stuff and, and put in like uh, like engineering controls and, and, and things like that. And they really start to alter the landscape. The whole thing, the whole thing goes out of equilibrium. And a lot of times you start to see a lot of erosion and things like that. And just the, the system's just trying to trying to figure out the sense of stability after, you know, the whole mix up. Unintended consequences. Unintended consequences is right. Ooh, I like that. So um, how are things now? Are things kind of, slowing what's the state of the the 40 mile river now so the the nick point uh is stabilizing uh and i guess yeah. it has been kind of stalled or stalled is the word they use it's it's been stalled for like the last 40 years it is it is slowly moving upstream but but slowly yeah, yeah. I mean, that's yeah. nature for you yep stabilizing trying to get everything back to base level um yeah, so that's just you know, um, kudos to those miners. Like, hey, it's a triumph of human over nature. You think we just blow a hole in here, the river will just come through here. But <laughs> well, yeah, I don't know if you've ever seen like um, the old timey in the Yukon and when they. If it's the Yukon, or maybe it was even out, out west in, in in California where they do like hydraulic mining. Yeah, I've seen that. Oh, yeah. they, yeah, yeah. They don't Basically do that just anymore. Use fire no. hoses on the hillsides. Yeah. Like, I mean, yeah. crazy high pressure stuff. And even like, like they, modern, but old timey miner where they would take the tailings and then they would just spray, what is it, hydrochloric or sulfuric acid on it? Because it would dissolve out, would it dissolve the gold? Or it, it's a way in which you can separate the gold from like the tailings. Isn't they use mercury in that in that process too? Probably. So they're just I, I know it all is, over an open pile of rubble. Yeah, there is a mer- a process that uses mercury for gold mining. There is a process that uses arsenic, and cool. all the good stuff. Yeah, it, it it pretty much it's no bueno. Um, there, I mean, and then there, you have like the, wow, what is that discovery channel show where they, the gold mining show? Yeah. Gold rush or something like that. I think yeah, it's yeah, called yeah. where they, they just dig it up. Like they're, you know, they, they may run it through like sluice gates and things like that, but you know, at least from the commercials I've seen, I don't think they, they're it's not like a heavy chemical induced type uh, operation there, but, um, so there are different, there are different ways you can mine for gold, but this was just an interesting, essentially experiment that is, you know, still ongoing and they're still measuring things, but it's, it's interesting because they know exactly when it happened and what happened, you know, hours after it happened. And, you know, we have satellite images from, uh, maybe not satellite, but aerial images from at least the fifties, um, mm-hmm. since the fifties. So, and they have topographic and geologic maps from 1900 before they blew through this meander. All right. Well, they did, um, ultimately. So historically in the 40 mile river, they pulled out about half a million tons Half a million ounces of gold. 
Wow. Which is <clears throat> in today's, you know, at today's gold price, which is probably higher. I don't even know. Uh, that's about $920 million. Oh, wow. <laughs> wow. Um, and so what, what year is this? Is the 18, the 1890s? So, yeah. So gold was actually was first discovered there in the 1880s, but yeah, the Yukon, the Klondike gold rush is 1892 to 1912. I want to say 1910, 1912, something like that. So it only lasted, you know, 10, 20 years. And how does a gold rush end? People just say, like, yeah. They just get tired. Yeah. It gets, it gets harder and harder to get to. Yeah. 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 Only the big mining concerns that could spend the money. Um, the 40 mile river, um, a bunch of the big open pits al- along this stretch had a second life in the 1960s and 70s as asbestos mine pits oh, <laughs> there you go. Comes back so they pulled asbestos. out about a million metric tons of asbestos wow um yeah is there but, anything this river can't do yeah <laughs> this this river wears many masks since the 90s <laughs> many, many hats i should say not many masks yeah. since the 90s the canadians and the territorial governments have been trying to clean it up Jesse, what was how, how many ounces did they, they you say they pulled out of this? Half uh, a million. Oh, half a million. I'm doing some calculations right now. Ooh, yeah. I wish you were wearing like that green visor hat, like old time. <laughs> just pulling the pulling the yeah. little knob yeah. down. Yeah. Like <laughs> All right. So in eighteen, so the price of gold in 1890 was twenty dollars and sixty seven cents an ounce. Okay. And in eighteen ninety dollars, it would have been like ten million dollars, ten million three hundred and thirty-five thousand dollars. All right, now pop it in the in the old inflation calculator here. Um. Okay. Uh, eighteen ninety. I'm gonna say see. a lot. What do you think? What do you think? Ten million dollars in eighteen ninety would have been. Let's say four hundred million. Yeah. Um, yeah. Ten. Three, three, five. Carry the one. Yeah. Give <laughs> the regular ASAP uh, packer of, of the Klondike. There you go. One, calculate. Yeah. Oh, it's too big. It's not even cactus. It's a big number. <laughs> Nine, niner. Broke it. it the, this calculator, it's too big of a number. <laughs> it just is not a number. I guess you're sending it away to NASA for the results. <laughs> <laughs> Like that's a reference to the Simpsons, right? Do you ever see the episode of Simpsons where Mo goes to Barney? Barney, I sent I sent to I sent NASA I sent away to NASA to calculate your bar tab results, and then finally came back. Yeah, right pops out like yeah, <laughs> yeah. What what did we say? Eighteen ninety two. I just put down eighteen ninety. Okay, and what well, did I you just, say? Ten million and eighteen ninety dollars. Yeah, yeah, ten million in twenty twenty two. Um, using this one, which is in 2013dollars.com, uh, not a sponsor, but they could be. Uh, <laughs> it's they're, they're saying if they use the average inflation rate of 2.6% a year, blah, 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 it's $306 million worth of gold. That's about what I got. I, I found another website here. Uh, I just kind of tweaked some numbers around, but um, yeah, yeah. So, so the moral of the story is 
you should have sat on it for 120 years and it'd be worth three times as much. Yeah. <laughs> Wait a well, the, second. <laughs> but the, the price of gold now is like a thousand dollars an ounce. It's I think it's like 1900 bucks. Uh, as of, uh, I have, well, oh, this goes back to, okay. This goes back to 2015. When was it? So this is a little old. Yeah. Um, yeah. Eight, spot prices, 1848 per ounce per troy ounce. What's, do you ever wonder, <clears throat> um, what's the difference between a I troy ounce? I don't know. Would you, do you know the difference? Uh, um, so all I know <clears throat> is that it, it's just the way they used to measure things. Um, it was the way they measured an ounce, I guess, in France. And then that was taken over by the, the UK's Royal Mint, which um, it's just, it's, it's one of those things where it's, that's the way they used. That's the way they've always done it. <laughs> nice. um, you know, system de internacional. Yeah, it's a bit. It's a. It's a bit heavier than a regular ounce. So, it, you know, I. Um, yeah, originally used in Troyes, France, one troy ounce is equal to thirty-one point one grams. Mm. Um, yeah, sounds like uh, it was just the standard they used in in the metal markets of the time, and you know, <clears throat> and we stuck with it. Stuck with it. Here we are, still to this day. I guess that's why we use carrots and things. I got another little stupid fun fact. Uh, do you guys know what the the price of an ounce of gold was? Uh, I guess is this a ounce of gold? Set the price of gold. Uh, oh, a pound of gold in 31 BCE. Emperor Augustus. Of oh, he was a good. Yeah. Uh, uh, hundred bucks. <laughs> 40 to 42 coins. I guess they figured they could make 40, that they could make 40 to 42 coins uh, of gold from, from a pound of gold. And it would, it would totally say Augustus Rex on it. <laughs> Um, so I, I don't um, know what an uh, ancient Roman emperor coin was. Well, how much that be worth today? Someone just found a bunch of Druid coins in Germany recently. Hmm. Well, no, I guess he found it in 2017, but they just published a paper on it, which I guess makes sense. I mean, if you find a bunch of gold coins, you're going to maybe keep that a little quiet. <laughs> yeah. To, you know, until you, you, off, you can offload them through your fence. Yeah. <laughs> what would you even do with them? Take them like to a little pawn shop? It's like, uh, I guess it. Some of it depends. Like some of it's cu- cultural heritage, and you, you can't do anything with it. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. So right. interesting. Interesting. Uh, do we? Ha- uh, do, I mean, do you know? You know who Augustus was the adopted father to? I do not, off the top of my head. Oh. God. Julius Caesar. Oh, I mean, Augustus, he was the, the triumphant and then he became the sole ruler. And then Julius Caesar, there was a whole thing. There was a whole thing. (laughs) 
It was a sitch. (laughs) Yeah. Some people were upset. Some were cool with it. (laughs) Anyway, long story short, uh, Brutus and Mark Antony brought knives. Brought knives to the party. Yeah, they did. Anyway. All right. We got a... uh... (laughs) The Ides of March coming up. They are. are. Not not really. I mean, the Ides of March... (laughs) They're, they're, you know, anyway. Yeah. We're, we're, we've gone down a rabbit hole here. Yeah. Um, do we have any other um, evolving stream stories? I got the one. Do you want me to talk about it or not? Yeah, yeah go ahead. All Real right. Quick. Let's stay in the Yukon. Oh, I like yep. it. Yeah. So we're all rivers start at the top. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yep. <laughs> So we, we, we established earlier on the podcast that's not exactly how it works, but <laughs> so um, Canada has 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 a pretty big uh, there's a pretty big mountain glacier called the Kashkawush Glacier. Probably saying okay. that terribly wrong, um, which is in it's like that southern part of the Yukon and, and Alaska there in the the what are they, the coastal Pacific Mountains I think they're called. All those mountains that run up the Vancouver. No, north, much north of that in the Yukon. All right. Yeah. Uh, What's the province there? Uh, I think it's the Yukon. The Yukon. It's the Yukon province. Is that what it's called? Oh, I didn't know that. All right. I was way off. I was thinking like Saskatchewan or something, but no, that that's to the east of British Columbia, which is where Vancouver is. British Columbia. That's what I was thinking of. Oh, yes. Yeah. So north, <laughs> north, north of British Columbia. So we're getting a tour of the, Ge- the geology, province. <laughs> geology, not geography, people. Oh, man. I can and how far see, from Winnipeg is this? <laughs> I, I can see in Chris's eyes. He's like, why did I not want to edit this episode? <laughs> uh, but the the uh Wolsh Glacier is actually it's close to the border of British Columbia and the Yukon. So it's you know, in the grand scheme of things, it's like in the southern part of, of that region. And um it's it's a big glacier, and normally so the glacier flows. This is gonna ruin everything I've talked about thus far. The glacier flows. Um, down uh, the east side of the, the mountains. And so it's flowing basically from south to north and usually drains into the Slims and Yukon River, which, which flow to the north. And then v- eventually the Yukon goes north and then it sort of turns to the west and goes out the middle of, of Alaska there. Okay. But... Um, it's been pretty warm in the past few years. If you've been following the news, prove it. Um, and and in the past, um, like four or five years ago, during an especially warm summer, uh, there was a there was uh, a lot of meltwater coming off the glacier that actually cut, <clears throat> it, it started cutting a deep, deeper and deeper. So the meltwater forms on the top of the glacier and started cutting down through the glacier. The glacier became um, 
the, this crevasse became destabilized and sort of collapsed inwards. And so the water then started flowing south. Hmm. It basically diverted all of this meltwater south um, into the Alsek River, which flows then south out into the Gulf of Alaska, which is in the southern port here. So this is a classic example of what I guess we would call stream piracy. Mm. Uh, Yar. Yeah. So just be true. So where you get. So the headwaters of, say, the Slims River that flows into the Yukon, it's a tributary. And the 40 Mile is a tributary of the Yukon as well. So it's all connected. Full circle. But um, so the, the, the headwaters of the Slims is basically no more. It's all flowing in a different direction now. It's going into a different river now. So the Alsec, uh has basically stole this water. And it's thought that this this episode. Well, was, it doesn't sound like the Alsec stole the water. It was given the water, and it's just it was, yeah, it it was, yeah. They, it. It, it, the Alsec didn't ask for it. Yeah, it was. <laughs> oh, look at this right. water coming down. All right, I'll, uh, I'll, I'll take yeah. It. Is this a gift? I will take it. Yeah, uh, I don't think the pirates, like a true pirate, isn't just like, oh, yeah, oh, you give me the gold. Okay, well, if I'll, I'll take the gold, then okay, that's okay, my kind no, of pirate. Yeah, no worries. There's, there's yeah, no yeah. nothing nefarious. <laughs> The polite pirate. <laughs> I like it. I feel like we should write I'm a like, kids book called the polite pirate. The polite yeah. Or at pirate. least the passive aggressive pirate. I don't know. <laughs> so this is, this is one of the first examples of, and I'm going to use the term because it's a term we just use of stream piracy that we've actually ever seen in real time. Oh, cool. Which sort of blew my mind. That That is amazing that we've never seen it happen. Really yeah. Before. And so there's, there's some thought that this is this is permanent, and so this this is a big deal. Um, well, I'm wondering. Okay, oh, it sounds like we found a new spot to go look for gold. Oof. Now you're speaking my language. Yeah, I'll bring the mercury. My Troy. Yeah, <laughs> I'll bring my inflation calculator, <laughs> and I'll bring my shovel. <laughs> <laughs> Um, I mean, uh, there's been situations where I don't know any, but I've heard of there's like situations where earthquakes have like reversed the course of rivers. Yeah, that's what I thought too. That's why yeah. I was sort of shocked by that claim. And there was the other what was the other thing I'm thinking of, and I don't know, maybe it doesn't count because it was just temporary. Was uh, Lake Pignor, right? Yeah, when the that started flowing backwards because it turned into a salt mine. That flowing backwards thanks to uh, yeah, but I don't they, think that was. I mean, that was impermanent, but. There's the classic, I mean, if you really want to get to so this, we, we, we were saying this is human induced. Yeah. Because climate change is obviously the reason this is happening. But if you really want to get into human induced, I, I don't know if it, it's technically not piracy, but the Chicago river where they were, where they were human intervention altered it from flowing into Lake Michigan to flowing out of Lake Michigan <laughs> because it was carrying so much pollution. They wanted to carry all the pollution instead of putting into Lake Michigan where Chicago gets their drinking water. They, they cut down through the topography to send it South to wherever Indiana. <laughs> Take that wow. Indiana. <laughs> yeah. Really? I did not know about that. Oh yeah. Maybe we'll, we'll save that story. That's a really incredible story. Maybe I'll save that for a different day. 
Well, um, it's not an incredible story if you live in Indiana, but well, <laughs> I don't want to say they had it coming, but <laughs> I'm just I don't want to just send send all hate mail to jessie.geologyclinalcast.com. Uh, <laughs> just, just teasing all my all my Hoosiers out there. <laughs> yeah. Nice. So so just you know, real quick, just to to sort of expand on and, and think about the like it's a big deal. Like you may say, all right, well, the Slims stinks for the Slims River. Who, who cares in the Yukon? But the ecosystem is going to change. That's exactly right. Like this is <clears throat> totally altering the ecosystem. Of like imagine you're a fish. You're a fish and you live in that river. Yeah. You're going to get a little thirsty. You you're know? Going to be, you're going to be in trouble. And it, this is thought to be sort of a harbinger of, I mean, not only are those people that rely on this water yes. for life, but the, there's thought that this can occur in other glaciers where greater populations re- rely on, 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 on glacial meltwater. Or is there, is there a chance where, what was, what's the, new, the river that's accepting the new water now? What's, it, what's that called? The Alsec. Uh, Al, Al Alsec River. I mean, what if, are there towns that could potentially now be in a flooding risk? I, you know, it's, so it's, it's actually discharge? really interesting if, if you look at it, like the path it took, and this is maybe, this gets to the, the case of, I don't know much about the topography of the region, mm-hmm. but if um, from the glacier to the Gulf of Alaska by the Alsek, which is where it's at now, okay, um, it's like 60 miles. Whereas flowing into the Slims and then in the Yukon, it's like 600 miles to, to it's, it's really oh. close to the Gulf of Alaska coast. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah. The, the Alsec, it, it looks like, ah, uh, there's a lot of, yeah, there's a lot of fishing that goes on. I'm trying to see if there's towns along. I'm sure there's settlements. Yeah. That, that are along it, but you know, no big, no big population centers, but I'm sure there's settlements. Hmm. Yeah. yeah. But that's a good point. Yeah. Now you got to, there's increased flooding that probably, have, these are all braided systems coming off these, because that's what you see at the mouth of glaciers too, which is sort of interesting. And how does that affect, you know, flooding and whatnot? Oh, it's, the braided system is super dynamic. Yeah. I'm sure it's, yeah, I, it's just going to screw everything. It's a, it's a domino effect, you know. It's just, yeah. it's a chain reaction. Just and there's going to be unintended. Once again, I think Steve said it earlier: unintended consequences. Mm-hmm. Not that like it wasn't like this wasn't done on, uh, you know, purpose. But it's just you know, that's yeah. <clears throat> it's those external costs of burning all of Jesse's coal. Sorry, my bad. <laughs> Um, the borough of Yakutat Bay, which has a population of 660, is right on the mouth of the Alsec. 660. It's a small little, small little village there. Well, that's, 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 I think, feel like it's big for that part of the world. The average mean temperature is 41 degrees. The average. Yeah, the average precipitation in um, uh, in inches is 140. 
that's wow, that's a lot. Temperate, temperate rainforest right there. Yeah. Hmm. Hmm. Well, we'll keep an eye on the uh, on the situation as it develops. Yeah. But um, yeah, there you go. There's uh, some. Uh, would you consider that avulsion, though? This situation, I don't think it's no. It's piracy. Yeah. Yeah, this is piracy. yeah, this is piracy. Yeah. So this yeah, is, yeah, yeah, yeah. So the yeah, the Slims hasn't changed course, and the Alsec hasn't changed course. Yeah, yeah, just the just the, just the, the Gazindas. Yeah, got shifted around. Cool. Yeah, interesting. You always you always hear how you know dynamic river systems are in geologic time, but there's a great example showing in you know in human time how just some of those uh you know how dynamic it can be. Not every day you see the headwaters change for a river. Nope. No. Nope. Very cool. Apparently it's once in recorded history. So yeah. <laughs> but but like Chris said, in, in the geologic record, we have seen this before. Um happens all the time in the geologic record. And, yeah. And yeah. maybe anybody rivers who's listening come, rivers go who's ever had a plot a rose diagram of uh paleo current indicators <laughs> for a for a I don't know, what would that be? a facies models class or a sedimentology yeah. class or uh you know maybe even a you know a slightly more advanced intro class basically you you have these indicators in the rock record of which direction the water was flowing and then you just plot those directions and then every once in a while sometimes you know everything's going to the south everything's going to the south everything's going to the south and all of a sudden it's like well everything's going to the north what the hell happened so that's we just talked about what can happen exactly, yeah. exactly. <laughs> but but that's what i'm saying we've seen it in the rock record we've seen it lots of times like chris said in the rock record but like jesse said it's it's not very often that we get to see it you know in real time so pretty cool pretty yeah cool topic today it's a nice little yeah. came together did it live for chris so he doesn't have to edit it for Thank for those you. of you listening Appreciate chris it. is moving like tomorrow so He'll be in a new flannel cast studios. Yes. Computers starting, getting packed up starting next week. So can't, can't yeah. wait to hear it. As long as I get the internet turned on. Yeah. That, and it, you know, and he's got to have his acoustic specialist come out and make sure his rooms properly, you know, I mean, only, tweaked only the for the podcast, for the, only the best for the, uh, the flannel cast studios, you know? Yeah, exactly. It, it might compete with, uh, with Jesse's current podcast studio right now. Not, I don't not know. the one that he's sitting in right now. I was going to say his looks pretty fancy. No, my, the, uh, my basement is his, his dungeon. Yeah. Get ready till the spring and the summer and I move out to the garage. Ooh. Ooh. I like it. That's where my, my next uh, studio is going to yeah. probably end up being. Anyway. Well, but, thank um, you very much to all our listeners. Thank you very much to all our Patreons. Uh, we're going to have a little Patreon extra after this episode. So if you're interested in becoming a Patreon, and listening to the super duper awesome extra stuff that we get to do. Um, check us out on patreon.com slash geology flannel cast. Yeah. Um, check out the, uh, check out our Instagram guys. We got, Oh yeah. Uh, we were, we were recently at Yellowstone. Um, that's a lie. We weren't, but one of our awesome Patreons was and took pictures of steamboat, right? Am I getting yeah, that right? Yeah. Uh, Steamboat geyser. Yeah. Yeah. So it's, what did she say? It was the, it's the tallest natural geyser. 
there in the world or I don't know, but it was it's pretty nuts. Apparently it's really loud when it goes off too. Yeah. So, so. thanks, Maddie, for uh for for doing that. Um yeah, we got a bunch of new pictures up there on the uh we're active. The Instagram account is active. So go follow us on that. Yeah, sounds good. Um yeah. you can always check out our website, check out our merchandise. Um if you have a Patreon, get get some own sweet stickers for yourself. So yeah. Yeah. Um, that's all I got, gentlemen. All right. Do you anybody else anything that's to add? I think you did a great job, Steve. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. I'm very proud of you. That was excellent. That's why I get paid the change from the couch. So, <laughs> which is coming right. fewer and fewer far between because nobody really has change in their pocket. No one has change anymore. anymore. No one has a yeah. cash. Do, are they still in the change shortage? Is there still a national change shortage? Huh. No, I do have a piggy bank full of it. Is it worth more than the actual face value? Probably not. Oh, probably not. No. Hold on to it for 120 years. <laughs> yeah. yeah. That, that $50 times. worth of pennies will be worth $150 worth of pennies. Yeah. <laughs> so, all right. Here's the most important question of the night, gentlemen. Put Jesse on the spot. Oh. What song are you taking us out with tonight, Jesse? I mean, there's so many good songs about rivers. Yes. I was thinking that. I, I actually... I've been thinking, I think about this the entire hour now that we do the podcast. Oh. What song is, I don't care about the topic. I couldn't care oh, less about the topic. I have a good one. Well, what let's go through. Steve? I mean, I feel like this is classic. We all. All right. Well, when the levee breaks by Led Zeppelin. Ooh. Oh, nice. Or when the levee, just, when the levee gets dynamited by humans. Yeah. <laughs> what about you, Chris? Uh, I was thinking just, just old man river. Ooh. Classic. All right. I'm going to go with Take Me to the River by Talking Heads. Oh, that's a good one. I love it. Now that's stuck in my head. Good job. That's exactly (laughs) what it's supposed to do. And now it's stuck in my head. (laughs) Yeah. All right, guys. Thanks so much. Uh, I'll catch you guys next week. Another fun and exciting episode of the premier geology podcast, the Geology Final Cast. Good night. See you. Bye. Thanks for stopping by. (laughs) 